This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Shouldn't you be at work? Oh, here's Gascoigne. Gascoigne, he can finish it here! Paul Gascoigne! 2-0! Lampard! Brilliant! It was in, no! That surely crossed the line! Oh, oh. It's, it's so far in! Thanks very much, Seth Latter. Clean sheet, I call it, is uh, one of the most important things in, in football. Nice to see the whole fans doing it! Could it be five? Yes, it is! Paul Bowden to take it. Oh, and he's hit the crossbar! Gerard, it's Carroll! What a goal by the England striker! That's why he was brought in, and he's done the job. Saved! John Pickford! England on the brink! Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh it No! Wait, wait. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of our Euro specials. It's quickly, Kevin. Will he score? What times are we living in? I'm Chris Gold. Joining me, as always, Josh Widdicombe. Hello. And fresh from watching our best performance in Rome since 1997's World Cup qualifying nil-nil draw, it's Michael Martin. Hello. That was such a historic game, the 1997 one, really. Can you name five famous England qualifying games? It's tough, isn't it? That one. I mean, that one. Holland. Holland. Holland defeat. defeat. The Greece game. Uh, the, the, the Greece one. game. Greece yeah. game. 5-1 against Germany. 5-1 against Germany. Beyond that, you're That's struggling, it. aren't you? Yeah, and then I think I'd go for um, the one we lost in the seventies against Poland at Wembley. <laughs> yes. Do you remember that yeah. one where like Shilton let the ball in underneath him, and then their goalie had an absolutely amazing game? I think that's their generate like the generation before us. That was their World Cup '94, wasn't it? That was that was the one that everyone looks thinking we lost. Well, imagine you win the World Cup in 1966. And then England were very good in 1970 and should have probably made the semis at least, but, but for Peter the Cat Bonetti being rubbish in the quarterfinal. <laughs> um, but then we failed to qualify for 74 and 78. Mad, isn't it? It's mad. mad. Two World Cups in a row. Would you take that, though? Would you take 
no Euros for the next eight years if we won. I slightly worry. This is. I, I, I'm not that a negative person. I think we've proven uh, that this month that I, I'm not a negative <laughs> person around England. But um, I slightly worry that if we win the Euros, that being satiated, a huge part of my life will suddenly be missing. <laughs> like that, not you know having what I mean? that is the fuel that drives you on. Yeah, exactly. And I worry that once we've done that, I might as well just die. Um, <laughs> There, there is a sense of um, like unrequited love being a thing that burns the brightest. Yeah, and, and actually, totally. like, if England win the Euros, you've essentially married the team, and you realise oh, I don't really like this very much. <laughs> I, li- yeah. I, I, I liked it when I couldn't marry them, and it was the the hope and the what if. Totally, I've wondered if when I've been saying stuff like I'd take a defeat in the final now, stuff like that. I probably wouldn't say that now, but certainly before the quarter, <laughs> whether in my head I've actually been thinking. I do want to lose the final so that I've still got that. Do you know what I mean? What a mad fucking twat. But can you see where I'm coming from? You can yeah. You can see it, can't you? If you achieve this too much now, you'll end up like one of those eccentric American 1930s billionaires who then just spends the rest of their life like holed up in a loft somewhere just eating ice cream and growing your fingernails and hair yeah, well, for the rest of your days. You, you know, the like... next thing is going to be if England win the Euros, what next? Am I going to have to become a space tourist <laughs> and get on Richard Branson's <laughs> Virgin Atlantic flight to find some kind of meaning? You spend the rest of your life trying to chase the high. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Never, never quite top it. <laughs> it's a bit like when I saw Paul McCartney close Glastonbury in 2004. Ever since, it's never quite been the same festival. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you've been dedicating all your time and resources to uh, reanimating the dead Beatles just to be able to top it at one point. <laughs> I, I would worry, my problem is, I would worry were John Lennon to come back to life. I think by now he'd have some quite awful reactionary political views. Do you know what I mean? I think... He'd still be Big Sam in. <laughs> he'd still be Big Sam in. Um... I want to actually discuss this in the main body of the show because we will get onto the 90 o'clock news in a second. I'd love to discuss what impact you think it would have if we won on the legacy of our favourite 90s tournaments. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. But before that, the 90 o'clock news. Headquarters of ITN News at 10 with Chris Scarlett. Yuri Geller implies he's seen aliens. The film. (laughs) (laughs) And how Steve Frogger met his wife. Oh, just on how Steve Frogger met his wife. (laughs) I haven't told either of you this. My uh, father in law and mother in law have uh, some builders in at the minute, and my father in law rang me to say that. he was kind of just pottered around the house and heard that the builders were listening to this podcast. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of the builders asked him to call me and uh, as far as I could understand, like, tell him, tell them how Steve Froggart met his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so I told them. If you've, if you've got a way of getting to me, I will tell you, I'm not holding it, I'm not selfish with the information. I was filming um, a thing for The Last Leg today one of the things, we were doing lots of different Paralympic events, and the three times gold medalist uh, club thrower, Stephen Miller, who was showing us how to do the club throw, he's he said he was a uh, he was a, talking to me about Quickly Kevin, and uh, he's a fan of the podcast. And he's a Newcastle fan. And 
He said, you should do an episode on Newcastle in the 90s. And I was, I thought, it's fucking baffling we haven't done that. It's, really it's, it's insane that we haven't done a Newcastle episode. It feels like the greatest, like we've missed probably the greatest story of the 90s. I think it's, Matt, like Scott, a focus on Scotland and a focus on Newcastle. It's criminal. Yes. I've been holding out that we'll one day get Keegan. That's my dream. Yeah. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it with the big man himself. Yeah, so we've got Steve Howey next series, and I look forward to it. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Rob Lee. <laughs> I'd take Rob Lee in a heartbeat. we take, take Rob Lee. Lee in a heartbeat. We can get Rob Lee. The thing about Rob Lee is, you've got to remember, he was the player that went instead of Paul Gascoigne in 1998. Yeah. How does it feel to know that you led to that smashing up of the room? When you said, um, Rob Lee, I'll take him all day long, I was trying to make some sort of Glenn, Glenn Hodder will take Rob Lee gag all day long. <laughs> Um, right. Where did we get to? Sorry. So thank you to uh, Fran, Stinchcomb, Fran Stinchcomb, who has sent us this. <laughs> Yuri Geller has implied he was shown an alien at a top secret US government facility. But, but this is Fran's word. But like the snake oil selling clickbait cutlery predator he is, he decided this isn't worthy of any further info. So... <laughs> So the Pentagon's released a report, a UFO report. Yuri Geller's going, they're saying they don't need any, no, don't know about aliens and need more data, but they do. He says he was taken down three flights of stairs into a building. He was given orange coats like the ones for Antarctic expeditions with blue NASA embroidered badges. He said he went into some he- heavy, th- thick freezer doors are opened. And he said, I could not believe my eyes, but I always knew it since I was five. He doesn't offer any anything further yeah. than that. Why why would they have brought Yuri Geller to this place? Like, he's just basically a magician from TV. (laughs) That's what he is. You wouldn't have gone... They they weren't showing it to, like, Ali Bongo or The Great Soprendo or whatever. Like, this is the the mad thing. Yuri Geller isn't moving in that world. I'm sorry. But you must... Do you know uh, Jackie Gleason? Have you heard of Jackie Gleason? I know the name. So, so he was like, um, I think, comedian, big actor in the kind of 50s, 60s. He was in the Honeymooners. He was big friends of Richard Nixon. And mm. um, when his his wife wrote a biography of their life together after he died, and he said she wrote in this autobiography that um, Richard Nixon and Jackie Gleason, big mates, and Richard Nixon was like, come, I'll show you some aliens. Like Jackie Gleason expressed an interest in it. And she said, yeah, they went down there one day and came back and was like, yeah, Richard Nixon showed me all the aliens. And then, like, some alien hunters have investigated this and gone, yeah, no, it's legit. Like, but it's not Richard legit. Nixon, Richard Scar. Nixon took him to, a, like, a base. There's a it, there's a record of them him going to some army base around the same time that Jackie Gleason tells his wife these sorts of things. So maybe you just, maybe they're just showing, it's like, if you ask showing nicely. Showing celebrities. Yeah, if you ask nicely. If you ask nicely and you've been on TV enough. You've been on TV enough and you've become powers of the president. Like, you know, this is it. weird, but I don't know if you know this, but um, uh, Barack Obama was big friends with Matthew Kelly from You Bet. And um, Matthew <laughs> Kelly is quite interested in aliens. <laughs> oh, dear. If you, if you had to send a 90s footballer up to make first contact with another life form, who, who would you send? Cantona. Yeah. yeah. No, the correct answer is obviously Stefan Schwartz. It's his lifelong dream. <laughs> How are you passing up? Imagine him finding out that he's, he's not getting the nod. Yeah. Are you fuming? Imagine you being his the life. person. Imagine NASA ringing him up going, I'm really sorry, Stefan, but um, Rob Lee's going up instead of you. 
It's someone else shit from that Sunderland. It's John Jensen. Um, <laughs> we, we knew it was a Scandinavian Arsenal midfielder, but we just can't remember which one. Sorry. Yeah. We were, we were going to pick someone from that Sunderland squad. We'd gone with Kevin Phillips. We had no idea you were, <laughs> you were interested. Would you have any interest in going into space with Richard Branson? I can't think of anything worse. What? Anyway, that's, not for, that's no, not for today. Sorry. I, I can't believe that I've said that because it's pr- really eaten into time for this Steve Frogger thing. Have we got enough time for it? Oh, don't. I don't think we do. We've oh, spent too long talking about space. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with mad old rich people? Why do they want to do stuff like that? Because they think they feel like they history is littered the world. With, history is littered with really rich people doing stupid stuff. Right, the electronic postbag. I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Postbag. You've got mail. This is from Paul Davidson. He has a, his own way to improve the Euros. We've been doing this all tournament. So this is a variant on our on our discussion of you being able to pick one player from you being able to pick players from outside of the kind of tournament to add to your squad. And uh, Paul, I think this is a more workable version. This is from Paul Davidson. My rule is that one spot at the Euros goes to a team made up of the best players from countries that didn't qualify. After normal qualification is completed, a manager is selected to lead a best-of-the-rest team and selects any unqualified players that make themselves available for the tournament. This will result in an entertaining squad where the great players uh, with the unfortunate position of poor footballing nation would get to play a national tournament. What do you reckon? Great idea. I really like it. Yeah, I really Great like idea. it. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of that kind of wild. Card Maybe they could have a kit that's made up of all the different shirts that uh, the re- reference the squad numbers, like a kind of mismatched kit. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like a kind of patchwork of quilt type thing. Patch. Yeah, exactly. A patchwork kit. Yeah, I wonder who. I mean, we don't have time to do it now, live in the room. But I'd love to know what that squad would have been for this Euros. The sort of the best. 27 28 players who didn't make it yes well on that we've had um we've had quite a lot of people submitting their teams for um europe south america and africa oh great yeah the, the intercontinent world cup the intercontinent world Love cup it. now i do apologize that i can't obviously um i can't do them all but uh elliot khan uh writes and um One of the reasons I've chosen him is he has an amazing do I remember this right at the start of the email. Do I remember this right? 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 Right, right, right. Which he says isn't from the 90s but involves Diego Maradona. A few years after the 2010 World Cup, I remember reading a story about how in the build-up to the tournament, then Argentina manager Diego Maradona had a dream that he won the final. When he woke up, he could only remember one player from the celebrations. While the player in question wasn't regarded as national team quality, Diego selected him for South Africa. Oh, wow. (laughs) While I haven't been able to find the story again, in English at least, it sounds so absurd that I don't think I made it up. Maybe another listener remembers this or has better Googling skills than I do. That's amazing. That's brilliant, isn't it? Wow. I I don't know. You'd think we'd know that, right? That's a classic, do I remember this right? It's even like slightly more madder than Mike Bassett picking Benson and Hedges from the fag pack. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because Maradona's going out of his way to do something crazy there. Do you want the teams? Yes. That he's yes. selected. So these are teams 
made up of individuals from continents. Yeah, so continents he's done North America, where he's from. He's actually an American. So he's gone 5-2-3 for North America. In goal, Kayla Navas of PSG. Oh, yeah. Right. Decent. Alfonso Davis, left back. John Brooks, Edson Alvarez, and Nesta Arunjo. Arunjo? Don't know these guys. Jesus Corona, up right back. Tyler Adams and Weston McKenney in midfield and up front. Christian Pulisic, Herving Lozano of Napoli, and of course, Skull, Mikel Antonio. Decent. Yeah. Not a bad team, is it? Alfonso Davis good is good. So is Christian Pulisic. I mean, it's fine until you read out the other continent's teams, and I think they're going to get absolutely crushed. So he's gone with South America. He's gone with Edison. The yeah. other option, obviously, is Allison there. Yeah. Then he's gone with Alexandro, Thiago Silva, Marquinhos, and Danilo as his back four. And then his midfield is Fede Valverde of Real Madrid, Casemiro, and Rodrigo Bentecur of Juventus. Up front, Neymar, Firmino, Messi. Oh, blimey. Yeah. What do you think of that team? I still think the Europeans are going to be stronger. This is a good team. This European team is good. Goalkeeper, and everyone seems to have gone with goalkeeper Jan Oblak. Yeah. Uh, then Rafael Guerrero at left back, David Alaba and Virgil van Dijk as the centre backs. And astonishingly at right back, he's gone with Aaron Wambasaka. What? Which I, I find absolutely mind blowing. So I'm changing that myself to Trent Alexander Arnold. By both of whom didn't make the England squad for the Euros. I, I will have you know Trent Alexander Arnold did make the England squad for the Euros. He just got injured very conveniently for Gareth Southgate. Midfield three of Kimmich, Kante, and De Bruyne. Oh, that is tasty. Yeah. And then a front three of Ronaldo, Lewandowski, and Mbappe. Hang on. So Wan Bissaka is the only English player in the, the, the whole of Europe team. Well, who would you put him? I think you've got to put Stones and McGuire. Stones and McGuire. You'd put, put John Stones in the all-Europe team. Yeah. I mean, I'd put him in centre-back. I'm not, I'm not putting him in there, but above Alaba, who's not really a centre-back. Yeah. If we're going yeah. to be I'd, yeah. I'd pick Van Dyke. I'd pick Van Dyke and the Portuguese guy that plays for Man City who won Player of the Year. Yeah, Diaz. But I agree with his front six. No Kane there? Uh, I think Lewandowski probably would going ahead of Kane. He's 100 years old. <laughs> <laughs> he actually was responsible for us not qualifying for the 1974 World Cup. <laughs> yeah, Lewandowski does have a, the air of a sort of Chapman regen about him, doesn't he? Sort of, is, this, is, this, is this the ghost of Puskas? That's a great question. Which current players oh, yeah, are regens. obviously regens? <laughs> That's a really <laughs> fun question. <laughs> Weird play, current tip players, clearly they're not real. Yeah. They're just yeah. them. They're just regions yeah. of the previous players. Taken the stats question. of a previous players just retired, just pumped out a generic one at now. Um well do send in your regions. Yeah. Uh this is how to get in touch. Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin. And sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. Now, we all saw it. What did you think? Denmark 2, Czech Republic (laughs) (laughs) 1. So, uh, if you didn't know, England beat Ukraine 4-0 in the... Mad to say that, isn't it? In the quarterfinal of the uh, European Championships. And... um, Skull, you watched this at home because you've had norovirus. Yeah, not been the best all week. Watched it alone, just with my thoughts. 
And my um, wife. Me and Michael, <laughs> just for my thoughts, and my wife. <laughs> me and Michael watched it in my garden. Uh, I wouldn't say it has the same narrative as the uh, as the England-Germany game, but uh, this was how we experienced it. Germany was great, but Gareth Southgate says England have not yet reached the summit of their Everest, and before they can even think about a semi-final, they have to conquer Rome. Here we are, uh, just before, well, it's a minute in. Very, very intense, isn't it? It's bad. Yeah, it's very different uh, atmosphere to the Germany game, which is, I imagine, quite dangerous, but it feels a bit like admin, this game. But the other thing is, people say it's quite dangerous, but I don't need to be up for this. Yeah. Like, I'm not on the pitch. I'm presuming the players... <laughs> Shouldn't you be at work? Clean sheet, I call it, is uh, one of the most important things in, in football. Nice to see your home fans booing you. Emil Heskey, could it be five? Yes, it is! Paul Bowden to take it. Oh, and he's hit the crossbar! Gerard, it's Carroll! What a goal by the England striker! That's why he was brought in and he's done the job. Saved! John Pickford! Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh it hasn't! No! Hello and welcome to episode 10 of our Euro specials. It's quickly, Kevin. Will he score? What times are we living in? I'm Chris Gold. Joining me, as always, Josh Widdicombe. Hello. And fresh from watching our best performance in Rome since 1997's World Cup qualifying nil-nil draw, it's Michael Martin. Hello. That was such a historic game, the 1997 one, really. Can you name five famous England qualifying games? It's tough, isn't it? That one. I mean, that one. Holland. Holland, Holland defeat. defeat. The Greece game. Uh, the the Beckham's Greece game. Greece yeah. game. 5-1 against Germany. 5-1 against Germany. Beyond that, you're That's struggling, it. aren't you? Yeah. And then I think I'd go for um, the one we lost in the 70s against Poland at Wembley. <laughs> yes. Do you remember that yeah. one where like Shilton let the ball in underneath him and then their goalie had an absolutely amazing game? I think that's their gener- like the generation before us. That was their World Cup 94, wasn't it? That was that was the one that everyone looks to and goes, well, you've lost. Well, imagine you win the World Cup in 1966. And then England were very good in 1970 and should have probably made the semis at least, but, but for Peter the Cat Bonetti being rubbish in the quarterfinal. <laughs> um, but then we failed to qualify for 74 and 78. Mad, isn't it? It's mad. mad. Two World Cups in a row. Would you take that, though? Would you take no Euros for the next eight years if we won? I slightly worry. This is... Uh, I, I, I'm not that a negative person. I think we've proven uh, that this month that I, I'm not a negative <laughs> person around England. But um, I slightly worry 
that if we win the Euros, that being satiated, a huge part of my life will suddenly be missing. <laughs> like that, not you know having I mean? that is the fuel that drives you on. Yeah, exactly. And I worry that once we've done that, I might as well just die. Um, <laughs> there, there is a sense of um, like unrequited love being a thing that burns the brightest. Yeah, and, and actually, totally. like, if England win the Euros, you've essentially married the team, and you realise oh, I don't really like this very much. I, li- yeah. I, li- I liked it when I couldn't marry them, and it was the the hope and the what if. Totally, I've wondered if when I've been saying stuff like I'd take a defeat in the final now, stuff like that. I probably wouldn't say that now, but certainly before <laughs> the quarter. Whether in my head I've actually been thinking, I do want to lose the final so that I've still got that. Do you know what I mean? What a mad fucking twat. But can you see where I'm coming from? You can't. Yeah. You can see it, can't you? If you achieve this too much now, you'll end up like one of those eccentric American 1930s billionaires who then just spends the rest of their life like holed up in a loft somewhere just eating ice cream and growing your fingernails and hair yeah, well, for the rest of your days. You, you know, the like... next thing is going to be if England win the Euros, what next? Am I going to have to become a space tourist <laughs> and get on Richard <laughs> Branson's Virgin Atlantic flight to find some kind of meaning? You spend the rest of your life trying to chase the high. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Never, never quite top it. It's a bit like when I saw Paul McCartney close Glastonbury in 2004. Ever since, it's never quite been the same festival. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you've been dedicating all your time and resources to uh, reanimating the dead Beatles just to be able to top it at one point. <laughs> I, I would worry, my problem is, I would worry were John Lennon to come back to life. I think by now he'd have some quite awful reactionary political views. Do you know what I mean? I think... He'd still be Big Sam in. <laughs> he'd still be Big Sam in. Um... I want to actually discuss this in the main body of the show because we will get onto the 90 o'clock news in a second. I'd love to discuss what impact you think it would have if we won on the legacy of our favourite 90s tournaments. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. But before that, the 90 o'clock news. Headquarters of ITN News at 10 with Chris Scull. Yuri Geller implies he's seen aliens. The film. <laughs> <laughs> and how Steve Frogger met his wife. Oh, just on how Steve Frogger met his wife. <laughs> I, haven't t- I haven't told either of you this. My uh, father in law and mother in law have uh, some builders in at the minute, and my father in law rang me to say that. Uh, he was kind of just pottering around the house and heard that the builders were listening to this podcast. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Yeah. And uh, one of the builders asked him to call me. And uh, as far as I can understand, like, tell him, tell them how Steve Froggett met his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so I told them. If you've, if you've got a way of getting to me, I will tell you, I'm not holding it, I'm not selfish with the information. I was filming um, a thing for The Last Leg today. One of the things, we were doing lots of different Paralympic events. And the three times gold medalist uh, club thrower, Stephen Miller, who was showing us how to do the club throw, he's, he said he was a uh, he was talking to me about Quickly Kevin. And uh, he's a fan of the podcast. And he's a Newcastle fan. And he said, you should do an episode on Newcastle in the 90s. And I, was, I thought, it's fucking baffling we haven't done that. It's, really- it's it's insane that we haven't done a Newcastle episode. It feels like the greatest, like we've missed 
probably the greatest story of the 90s. I think it's Matt. Like, Scott, a focus on Scotland and a focus on Newcastle. It's criminal. Yes. I've been holding out that we'll one day get Keegan. That's my dream. Yeah. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it with the big man himself. Yeah. So we've got Steve Howie next series. I look forward to it. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Rob Lee. (laughs) I'd take Rob Lee in a heartbeat. We take take Rob Lee in a heartbeat. We can get Rob Lee. The thing about Rob Lee is you've got to remember, he. Shouldn't you be at work? Clean sheet, I call it, is uh, one of the most important things in, in football. Nice to see the whole fans booing it. Emil Heskey, could it be five? Yes, it is! Paul Bowden to take it. Oh, and he's hit the crossbar! Gerard, it's Carroll! What a goal by the England striker! That's why he was brought in and he's done the job. Saved! John Pickford! England on the brink! Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, and it hasn't! No! Hello and welcome to episode 10 of our Euro specials. It's quickly Kevin, will he score? What times are we living in? I'm Chris Gold. Joining me as always, Josh Widdicombe. Hello. And fresh from watching our best performance in Rome since 1997's World Cup qualifying nil-nil draw, it's Michael Mark. Hello. That was such a historic game, the 1997 one, really. Can you name five famous England qualifying games? It's tough, isn't it? That one. I mean, that one. Holland. Holland. Holland defeat. defeat. The Greece game. Uh, the, the, the Greece game. Greece yeah. game. 5 1 against Germany. 5 1 against Germany. Beyond that, you're That's struggling, it. aren't you? Yeah. And then I think I'd go for um, the one we lost in the 70s against Poland at Wembley. <laughs> yes. Do you remember that yeah. one where, like, Shilton let the ball in underneath him and then their goalie had an absolutely amazing game? I think that's their generation, like, the generation before us. That was their World Cup 94, wasn't it? That was that was the one that everyone looks to and we lost. Well, imagine you win the World Cup in 1966 and then England were very good in 1970 and should have probably made the semis at least, but, but for Peter the Cat Bonetti being rubbish in the quarterfinal. <laughs> um, but then we failed to qualify for 74 and 78. Mad, isn't it? It's mad. mad. Two World Cups in a row. Would you take that, though? Would you take no Euros for the next eight years if we won? I slightly worry. This is I, 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 I'm not that a negative person. I think we've proven uh, that this month that I, I'm not a negative <laughs> person around England. But um, I slightly worry that if we win the Euros, that being satiated, a huge part of my life will suddenly be missing. <laughs> like that, not you know having I mean? that is the fuel that drives you on. Yeah, exactly. And I worry that once we've done that, I might as well just die. Um, <laughs> There, there is a sense of um, like unrequited love being a thing that burns the brightest. Yeah, and, and actually, totally. like, if England win the Euros, you've essentially married the team 
and you realize no, i don't really like this very much <laughs> I, li- yeah. I, li- I liked it when i couldn't marry them and it was the, the hope and the what if totally i've wondered if when i've been saying stuff like i'd take a defeat in the final now stuff like that i probably wouldn't say that now but certainly before <laughs> the quarter whether in my head i've actually been thinking I do want to lose the final so that I've still got that. Do you know what I mean? What a mad fucking twat. But can you see where I'm coming from? You kind yeah. of, you can see it, can't you? If you achieve this too much now, you'll end up like one of those eccentric American 1930s billionaires who then just spends the rest of their life like holed up in a loft somewhere just eating ice cream and growing your fingernails and hair yeah, well, for the rest of your days. You, you know, like... the next thing is going to be if England win the Euros, what next? Am I going to have to become a space tourist <laughs> and get on Richard Branson's <laughs> Virgin Atlantic flight to find some kind of meaning? You spend the rest of your life trying to chase the high. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Never, never quite top it. <laughs> it's a bit like when I saw Paul McCartney close Glastonbury in 2004. Ever since, it's never quite been the same festival. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you've been dedicating all your time and resources to uh, reanimating the dead Beatles just to be able to top it at one point. <laughs> I, I would worry, my problem is, I would worry were John Lennon to come back to life. I think by now he'd have some quite awful reactionary political views. Do you know what I mean? I think... He'd still be Big Sam in. He'd <laughs> still be Big Sam in. Um... I want to actually discuss this in the main body of the show, because we will get onto the 90 o'clock news in a second. I'd love to discuss what impact you think it would have if we won on the legacy of our favourite 90s tournaments. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. But before that, the 90 o'clock news. Headquarters of ITN News at 10 with Chris Scull. Yuri Geller implies he's seen aliens. The film. (laughs) (laughs) And how Steve Frogger met his wife. Oh, just on how Steve Frogger met his wife. (laughs) I haven't told either of you this. My uh, father in law and mother in law have uh, some builders in at the minute, and my father in law rang me to say that. he was kind of just pottering around the house and heard that the builders were listening to this podcast. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of the builders asked him to call me and, uh, as far as I can understand, like, tell him, tell them how Steve Froggart met his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so I told them. If you've, if you've got a way of getting to me, I will tell you, I'm not holding it, I'm not selfish with the information. I was filming um, a thing for The Last Leg today. One of the things, we were doing lots of different Paralympic events. And the three times gold medalist uh, club thrower, Stephen Miller, who was showing us how to do the club throw, he's he said he was a uh, he was talking to me about Quickly Kevin. And uh, he's a fan of the podcast. And he's a Newcastle fan. And he said, you should do an episode on Newcastle in the 90s. And I was, I thought, it's fucking baffling we haven't done that. It's, really it's, it's insane that we haven't done a Newcastle episode. It feels like the greatest, like we've missed probably the greatest story of the 90s. I think it's, Matt, like Scott, a focus on Scotland and a focus on Newcastle. It's criminal. Yes. I've been holding out that we'll one day get Keegan. That's my dream. Yeah. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it with the big man himself. Yeah. So we've got Steve Howie next series. <laughs> and I look forward to it. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Rob Lee. <laughs> I'd take Rob Lee in a heartbeat. 
We can take yeah, Rob Lee in a heartbeat. We can get Rob Lee. The thing about Rob Lee is you've got to remember, he was the player that went instead of Paul Gascoigne in 1998. Yeah. How does it feel to know that you led to that smashing up of the room? When you said, um, Rob Lee, I'll take him all day long, I was trying to make some sort of Glenn, Glenn Hodder will take Rob Lee gag all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't um, quite get right. it. Where did we get to? Sorry. So thank you to uh, Fran, Stinchco- Fran Stinchcomb, who has sent us this. <laughs> Yuri Geller has implied he was shown an alien at a top secret US government facility. But, but this is Fran's word. But like the snake oil selling clickbait cutlery predator he is, he decided this isn't worthy of any further info. So... <laughs> So the Pentagon's released a report, a UFO report. Yuri Geller's going, they're saying they don't need any, no, don't know about aliens and need more data, but they do. He says he was taken down three flights of stairs into a building. He was given orange coats like the ones for Antarctic expeditions with blue NASA embroidered badges. He said he went into some he- heavy, th- thick freezer doors were opened, and he said, I could not believe my eyes, but I always knew it since I was five. He doesn't offer any anything further yeah. than that. But what, sorry, why why would they have brought Yuri Geller to this place? Like he's just basically a magician from TV. <laughs> That's what he is. You wouldn't have gone. They didn't. They weren't showing it to like Ali Bongo or the Great Soprendo or whatever. Like this is the this is the mad thing. Yuri Geller isn't moving in that world. I'm sorry. But well, you must. Do you know uh, Jackie Gleason? Have you heard of Jackie Gleason? I know the name. So, so he was like, um, I think, comedian, big actor in the kind of 50s, 60s. He was in The Honeymooners. But he was big friends of Richard Nixon. And mm. um, when his his wife wrote a biography of their life together after he died, and he said she wrote in this autobiography that um, Richard Nixon and Jackie Gleason, big mates, and Richard Nixon was like, come, I'll show you some aliens. Like Jackie Gleason expressed an interest in it. And she said, yeah, they went down there one day and came back and was like, yeah, Richard Nixon showed me all the aliens. And then, like, some alien hunters have investigated this and gone, yeah, no, it's legit. Like, well, it's not Richard legit. Nixon, Richard Nixon took him to, a, like, a base. There's a it, there's a record of them him going to some army base around the same time that Jackie Gleason tells his wife these sorts of ways. So maybe you just, maybe they're just showing, it's like, if you ask showing nicely. celebrities. Yeah, if you ask nicely. If you ask nicely and you've been on TV enough. You've been on TV enough and you've become powers of the president. Like, you know, this is it. weird, but I don't know if you know this, but um, uh, Barack Obama was big friends with Matthew Kelly from You Bet. And um, <laughs> Matthew Kelly is quite interested in aliens. <laughs> oh, dear. If you, if you had to send a 90s footballer up to make first contact with another life form, who, who would you send? Cantona. Yeah. No, the correct answer is obviously Stefan Schwartz. It's his lifelong dream. <laughs> How are you passing up? Imagine him finding out that he's, he's not getting the nod. Yeah. Are you fuming? You're imagine being his the life. person. Imagine NASA ringing him up going, I'm really sorry, Stefan, but um, Rob Lee's going up instead of you. <laughs> it's someone else's shit from that Sunderland. John Jensen. Um, <laughs> we knew it was a Scandinavian Arsenal midfielder, but we just can't remember which one. Sorry. Yeah. We were, we were going to pick someone from that Sunderland squad. We've gone with Kevin Phillips. We had no idea you were, <laughs> you were interested. Would you have any interest in going into space with Richard Branson? I can't think of anything worse. Anyway, that's not, for, think, that's no, not for today. Sorry. I, I can't believe that I've said that because it's really eaten into time for this Steve Frogger thing. Have we got enough time for it? Oh, don't. I don't think we do. We've oh, spent too gosh. long talking about space. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
What is it? Mad old rich people. Why do they want to do stuff like that? Because they think they feel like they conquered the world. History is littered with really rich people doing stupid stuff. Right. The electronic post bag. I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the electronic post bag. You've got mail. This is from Paul Davidson. He has his own way to improve the Euros. We've been doing this at all tournaments. So this is a variant on our on our discussion of you being able to pick one player from you being able to pick players from outside of the kind of tournament to add to your squad. And uh, Paul, I think this is a more workable version. This is from Paul Davidson. My rule is that one spot at the Euros goes to a team made up of the best players from countries that didn't qualify. After normal qualification is completed, the manager is selected to lead a best of the rest team and selects any unqualified players that make themselves available for the tournament. This would result in an entertaining squad where the great players uh, with the unfortunate position of poor footballing nation would get to play a national tournament. What do you reckon? Great idea. I really like it. Yeah, I really great like idea. it. I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of that kind of wild card Maybe they entry. can have a kit that's made up of all the different shirts that uh, the squ- re- reference the squad numbers, like a kind of mismatched kit do you know what i mean like a kind of patchwork quilt type thing patch yeah exactly a patchwork kit yeah i wonder who i mean we don't have time to do it now live in the room but i'd love to know what that squad would have been for this euros sort of the best 27 28 players who didn't make it yes well on that we've had um we've had quite a lot of people submitting their teams for um europe South America and Africa. Oh, great. Yeah, the, the Intercontinent World Cup. The Intercontinent World Love Cup. Love it. Now, I do apologise that I can't, obviously, um, I can't do them all. But uh, Elliot Kahn uh, writes, and um, I, uh, one of the reasons I've chosen him is he has an amazing, do I remember this right, at the start of the email. Do I remember this right? 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 Right. Which he says isn't from the nineties, but involves.
This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. 